Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me out on Twitter at Clinton Bond. I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Find him out on Twitter at SeahawkersPod. Hey, Brandon, I got a question for you. Okay. Remember like when you were a kid and like your favorite cartoon would do like this awesome mashup where all of a sudden like Batman is hanging out with Scooby-Doo trying to solve mysteries and stuff? The Flintstones and the Jetsons get together, even though it's, you know, years and years and years and years apart. Bending space time at, to, to its will itself. Exactly right. And I think my favorite of all time is when Jay Sherman, the critic himself, joins The Simpsons and brings brings his show to Springfield, Springfield. It's a heck of a town. So what are we getting at here, Brandon? What do we got today? It's a crossover extravaganza, Clinton. Oh my gosh, it sure is. It sure is. So, so you're probably like, well, who the heck's behind door number two? Well, I can tell you right now, I'm going to welcome them in one by one. We have Nathan Santo from the Seahawks Nest podcast. Nathan, what's going on, dude? Yeah, all I could think about when you were talking about crossovers was that episode of Scooby-Doo where they played the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh my goodness. The only people jealous were the Washington Generals. The only folks jealous there. But man, that was that's a beauty right there, Nathan. But awesome to have you on the pod. We also have... From the Seahawks Nest podcast, Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, what's going on, dude? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, happy to be here. Yeah, man, happy to happy talk to some Hawks. We're only a few days away. Yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do that on this on the Seahawks mashup podcast. We just might. And but but Brandon, you know, remember in the, maybe it's Scream or whatever it is, but like, you know, just but wait, there's more. What do we got? Who's the one more? Who do you got behind door number three? It is the co-host, my co-host for what, eight, nine years. We just had our anniversary. I don't know which one it was. Adam Emmert from the Seahawkers podcast. What up, dude? How you doing? I'm great, Clinton. I can't believe Brandon forgot our anniversary, but that's fine. I'm I didn't not that forget it. I just it. don't know which uh, one it is. Yeah, I know. It doesn't matter to you, and that's fine. Uh, but if this is a cartoon mashup, can I be Barney Rubble? Yes. Why not? Because he's got the hot wife. Is this, is this what you're after? <laughs> I, I've always wanted to get with Betty. Uh, what can I say? Yeah, who doesn't, right? She's got she's got the the vacuum with the 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 small elephant thing already, and and Betty's uh you know Betty's a hottie, right? So and, and away we go. So dudes, we have something special crafted for today. The folks who who do watch, you know, and listen to three in three out, we like to go into the nooks and the crannies, into the little crevices of the games themselves, and we talk about the crannies a lot. So I thought about. Why don't we do a little bit of a preview show for the entire year, but based on the little predictions of the, the small things that might happen? And you guys were nice enough to say yes. So we concocted, we concocted a game. We're going to go through 12 different categories and we're going to select the players we think are going to win those categories. And in true MVC fashion, we're going to have you're going to get 12 points if your dude wins it for the year. But if you pick a dark horse, you're going to get a second pick. You pick a dark horse character. If they capture it, it's 24 points. We're going to keep track all year long. So it's a unique way to do a preview show where we get to dive into our Hawks. So who's ready to play a little, uh, you know, 2021, the crannies. Did we come up with a prize for this? What, uh, what are, what are the stakes here? I got some prizes on my desk here. Well, how about this? How about this Tavares Jackson rookie Jersey card? Wow. If, you know, in memoriam. Holy cow. Yeah, there you go. Unbelievable. Could be, with that could one. be a winner. Did, okay. that, did that have a did that have a swatch of a shirt in there, Nathan? Did I see that? A jersey? I actually have like fifteen to various Tavares Jackson cards to send people as uh, as as gifts here, but uh, this one has a jersey piece in it right here, and it's a jersey. It's his college jersey. Look at that! Wow, where did he go? Is that Colorado? Where was he at? No, he went to like Arkansas State or something. Legend, legend. 
Well, rest rest in peace for Mr. Mr. T there. We, we will, we, we're going to get rocking and rolling. So, so we sent this out beforehand. We have a bunch of different topics and uh, I'll just start from the top here. So the first, the first topic on the 2021 crannies is we're going to be selecting who from the Seattle Seahawks has the most TFLs, tackles for a loss, for those that don't know it yet. And we're going to go in a reverse order. So Mr. Adam Embert, you're up first. Who do you have for most tackles for a loss this year? Well, I decided that I'd go with the man, the myth, the legend, Bobby Wagner. I mean, he has something to prove this year. Everybody's looking him over because Fred Warner got the big contract this year. And I think there's a little jealousy there. I think he has something to prove. So I think it's going to be Bobby Wagner in the backfield all day long, all season long. TFLs all day for Wags, number 54, the captain, my captain. Very nice. Hey, Eric, tossing it to you. Who do you got for most TFLs on the year? So I think Bobby's a great choice. I went Jordan Brooks because partially this is a desire thing, but this is going to be the year that Jordan Brooks comes out, announces his presence, lets everyone know that uh, I was the best linebacker picked in the 2020 draft. And this is the guy I'm choosing. I, I feel like he can step up. He won't have the as many opportunities as the middle linebacker, but you know they like to move people around. So I got Jordan Brooks. Yeah, man, the dude is super fast. Any anybody loving loving either of these picks so far? I I um I picked Jordan Brooks, but for my dark my dark horse, I didn't know. Maybe maybe that now I feel like I can't. I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> no, you, you can do <laughs> like, that. Because Eric picked it for his main pick. It's like that's not a that horse is is too far up in the race now. No, I feel like I, also, I, feel like I love just, Jordan Brooks. I feel like you're just playing the game, my man. I feel like you know that's 24 points. That's 24 points if Jordan comes through for you. So it'd be listen if Brooks can lead us with TFLs this year, I think we'll be quite happy because the dude the dude looks so fast out there, right? I mean he looks he looks the part, obviously. KJ is over to the Raiders. We, we wish him nothing but the best on and off the field. A legendary Seahawk, hopefully in the the Ring of Honor one day. But man, Brooks is a, Brooks is an enticing pick. I like it, Eric. All right, so then myself, Nathan, and Brandon on three. Who do we got? One, two, three. Jamal, Jamal Adams. Adams. We went chalk. We all Pre- went chalk. With Jamal Adams. I don't that's know right. if that's chalk. I, I feel like Bobby's a pretty chalk answer too. I mean, but didn't Jamal Adams? Like, I missed the right he, one. <laughs> well, J- Jamal would have led if he played every game last year. That's what I, I looked it up. Like, who who would have had this? If Jamal would have played every game, he would have had the most. Uh, Bobby, I think, actually did have the most. So, so Nathan, Mister Analytics, went into the numbers and actually picked it. And I just went by gut feel. Like that that dude's in the backfield all the time. That's that's the guy I'm picking. Might have opened up the old stat sheet and sorted by by each of these stats. <laughs> Might have happened. Maybe. Well, if I, I would have know. known that a Tavares Jackson rookie card with a patch was on the line, maybe I would have done more research. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, you, now you're never getting that. I'm keeping it's, it. <laughs> exactly right. Awesome. So recapping the TFLs, we got Emmerwood Wags. We got Eric with Jordan Brooks and then the, the rest of us, myself, Nathan, and Brandon, we got Jamal Adams. Okay. So then the dark horse, which Nathan, you already said yours is Jordan Brooks. Remember, this is double the points. If you get this, you're getting 24 points. You had Jordan Brooks. You said why you love him already. Awesome. Adam Emmert, back to you. Who do you got for your dark horse? My dark horse is Alton Robinson. And I decided to go that way because number one, it's a, it's a little like Eric earlier. Like I'm I, I kind of hoping that this is going to be the case. I'd really like to see him pop. You heard great things about him in camp the year previous. You heard more great things in this year's camp. He looked good in the preseason. I just think, it, you know, being able to jet in from the interior of the defensive line, he's got a real shot to be a guy who's 
hitting those uh, running backs one, two yards deep in the backfield and can pile up them tackles. I dig that. Brandon, you also had Alton. Anything you want to add to uh, to what Mr. The Rant said there? I did. And, and part of it was because when I think back to last year, when he was lined up on the end position, a lot of times it was those jet sweep type plays where he would he would be able to beat his guy, be in the backfield and, and be tackling the receivers. So I think if he's able to compile enough of those along with those running back tackles in the backfield, then then that could make him a dark horse candidate. I like it for the for the 24. Why not? I took Kerry Hyder Jr. because love the signing from Jump Street. This dude, I watched a lot of him last year. He's just bulldozing dudes, just just straight bull, bull rushing them. He's in the backfield quite a bit. So why not? A little Kerry Hyder. Eric, I think yours might be the darkest of the dark horses. Who'd you take? Yeah, you can ask Nathan whenever I play a game for the first time. It's not like I'm trying to lose. I'm just trying to figure it out, and I'm not afraid to be risky. Uh, I really like your Kerry Hyder pick because I've also watched some tape on him, and I thought about putting him. But I want I went Cody Barton because Cody Barton is a guy who's going to be sent on blitzes and on run blitzes, and this is a guy who can get in there fast, who can be tied up by a tackle, get those uh, tackles on the delay. I, I just said, why not Cody Barton? That is if he plays for. <laughs> enough during the season. I, I like uh, Eric's pick there with Barton just because of what he flashed in the preseason, but man, I got to disagree with both of you on the Hyder thing, man. Like looking at his stuff to me, he kind of looked like just a dude to me in like really a lot of his bigger plays and a lot of his sacks were kind of cleanups where guys had gotten pressure around him and was kind of feeding off of uh, the talent around him. So I'm not nearly as high on the Hyder pick as you guys. Well, I got, let me challenge that for one sec, because like they, their team was completely decimated last year and he's the dude who came in and got the eight and a half sacks. And now he's entering a team with a much more stout line that I think the Niners rolled out last year when they were half dead. So I don't know. I don't know, Adam. I think, uh, I, I hope he surprised you to the upside. Let's put it that way. I'd love to be wrong. I can't wait to be wrong. Please be wrong. I want to be wrong so bad. I like it. I want, I want you, I want you to be that wrong as well. We're going to rotate over to most batted down passes, right? So the bit usually the big dudes doing it up front. However, Eric, like you said, you're figuring things out here. Most batted down passes. I like, I like the, the, the way you went. Let's who'd you have. So you want a guy up front. You also want a guy who's going to be in coverage, short coverage, any coverage, Prez, Jamal Adams. This is a guy who's going to be playing up front, going after the quarterback. He's going to be in coverage around the uh, the middle short part of the field. You might see him deep a few times. I just thought Jamal Adams, he's going to be playing up for that big contract. You could have picked him for any of these defensive slots outside of the dark horse ones, and I chose to pick him here. You know what I like about this pick, Eric, is that when he drops his fourth or fifth interception, it'll probably count as a, a pass batted down for you, and that's a Mars, <laughs> that's a Mars Jackson card. It's going to look re- real good. Told you I like to figure out the game. You you did. You did. We actually have a couple of others. So we so Santo and Adam Adam Emmert, you guys both had somebody, the same dude. Uh Santo, you go first. All right. So one thing that's weird about pass uh, passes batted down is you're right. Anybody on the field can get a passes to pass batted down. And it, it, there was a wide range of guys to pick from that had like between four and six last year. But uh, I like DJ Reed. DJ Reed is just, he gets in there. He really makes a lot of plays on the ball. He attempts to make plays on the ball, which is what I, what I'm looking for when I'm picking this one. So yeah, I took a DJ, DJ Reed. Very nice on the outside. And then Adam, you had the same. What's your, what was your logic on Reed? It was very similar to Nathan's and uh, now hearing your guys's take on it, having somebody close to the line and defenders and all that. 
I think I'm playing this much like Eric is. And like, I'm not like trying to lose, but maybe I am right out of the gate. Like they, you, you guys were uh, really smart with that analysis there. And I probably should have gone with somebody up front. I, I don't know. Respect. Santo did the research at least. And AJ Reed had six like last year. So, I mean, and that was the okay. most. So yeah. you're, 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 a- <laughs> well, there was one guy on the team that would have had the most if he didn't join the team halfway through the season. It's true. It's true. And that's I, Carlos Dunlap. Because when I think of a guy who, uh, wasn't he up there with JJ Watt for like the most batted passes over the course of his defensive line career? Like if he's one of the top guys. And so that's what made the easy choice for me. Yep. And I, I had the, I hammered that button as well with Dunlap. By the way, we did this. If folks are wondering, we did this via a Google form anonymously. So it wasn't like collusion was happening. We're seeing it for the first time. We're releasing it for the first time. So Brandon and I both on the Dunlap train there. Very nice. All right. We will mosey on over to the dark horse here. So still most out, most batted down passes. I'll get my dark horse real quick. We heard the name earlier, Alton Robinson. I, you know, the dudes, who, I, I like it. He gets around the edge a lot. I like to see him maybe do a couple of things this year where if he's not quite not quite getting around the edge, he takes the pause, you know, takes a little step back, gets his big mitts in the air and knocks him down. So Robinson's my guy for the dark horse. Eric, who's your dude? I put Marquise Blair for this. Again, it's a guy who's going to be playing all over the field. This guy has a chance to get some picks, but I think he's really going to be breaking up a lot more passes. He'll be in to knock them down up front, middle part of the field. Same thing with Jabal Adams, just not as good. And the guy that, Frankly, we don't know how much he's going to play this year. Yeah, Blair, but and Blair looks so good. That the one, you know, the third game looks so freaking fast. They put him everywhere. He was kind of like Jamal Light. He looks so good. Looks so good that also Adam, you took him here as well for the uh, for your dark horse. Yeah, I was similar with Eric here in terms of I, I see him playing a lot of nickel or dime and covering those quick slants and all that stuff over the middle of the field. And you can see teams really are going to that quick passing game a lot more. It seems like over the last few years, I just feel like he's going to have a lot of opportunities and he's got a lot to prove this year after a couple injury riddled years here. I'm really looking forward to Blair. He's somebody that uh, I'm super stoked about this year. hundred percent agree with you there. And that, that does leave Brandon. So Brandon, who's your, who's your dark horse of this category? Yeah. I went with Daryl Taylor because of the, the fact, again, another guy on the defensive line, but also a guy that could drop into coverage and, that's uh, that's where I went with that. And I, I, I think mine might be the darkest of the dark horses out of this group. I don't know. I think I went I think I went dark. <laughs> I think Jordan Brooks, which I think like but I think that the both middle linebackers are going to drop back in coverage so much this year because of the way they're playing five man fronts that I wanted to pick one of those two. And I, I wanted to pick Brooks because it was riskier. I like it. The, the darkest of the dark horse there. And, you know, Brooks is just showing out to be quite the athlete. So excited, excited to see who who will come up with the most batted down passes there. All right, we're going on to a, a chalky category as is, and we got some chalky answers, but that's a okay. That that's this is again, you know, picking your your prime winner, most most sacks. Everyone's gonna talk sacks. We'll go quickly, quick, quickly with this one and say the only person that did not take Dunlap was Eric. So the four of us took Dunlap, the chalk answer. Well, you know what? Probably maybe the right answer. Eric, where'd you go? Uh, I went uh, Jamal Adams because uh, you can put the dunce cap on me now if you want to. But I honestly thought this could be between Dunlap and Adams. Jamal Adams is still going to be rushing the quarterback a lot. I'd like to see a full season out of him. But I think that there's going to be a two to three man rotation that gets a lot of sacks. And when Adams sniffs that, I think he's going to want it. 
I like it. I like it. All right. So we may have to call our first, our first, you know, uh, vote here. Adam Emmerich comes in with Jamal Adams for his dark horse. So I'll just put it out to the team. Are we allowing that as a dark horse entry? Most sacks, dark horse, Jamal Adams. They said they're going to blitz him less this year. So, I mean, yeah, I'm fine with it. <laughs> You know, that was my pick, so I'm not fine with it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so here's the thing, right? So they do say, look, we're going to try to put Adams back in coverage more. They're really relying on this really deep roster of pass rushers, right? To come through and make that pass rush happen. And I picked Dunlap for the, uh, you know, the regular pick here. Yeah. And basically the idea was, is that he was the straw that stirred the drink last year, right? He's the guy who unlocked the pass rush last year, it was dead in the water until Dunlap got there. And then every, everyone started to eat. So the reason why I picked Adams as dark horse is if that doesn't work out, it's kind of in case of emergency break glass, start sending Adams. And so that that's why I went with that. All right. Sounds like we're going to allow it. Sounds like it's going to be allowed that Adam sticks you better. <laughs> <laughs> you said do better, right? That was do better. <laughs> A little both. <laughs> nice. Actually, yeah, correct. All right. We, we also had Taylor for two dudes out here. So Brandon and Nathan both had Taylor. Brandon, what's your logic there? When we saw him in the preseason, that ability to quickly get around the edge, if we're able to see him do more of that when he's playing up against starting talent, and I think he has that speed to to be the quickest guy off of the the line for the Seahawks defense. And if he can develop into that type of guy, then that's why I see him as the dark horse. I like it. Nathan, how about you? Anything to add? Uh, no, I just I think that we haven't seen him on the field at all, like other than preseason, like that he didn't have a season last year. And so that's why I felt like he's a good uh, out, of, out of left field or out of nowhere candidate. Yeah. I, would it surprise anybody if Taylor is in the seven to nine sack range? Would that be a shock? It wouldn't be a shock. You think of of Bruce Irvin being in that role in his rookie season and getting eight. And if they're able to spread it around, I could see this team being among the leaders in sacks, but not having any at all in the double digits and just spreading it out among the different guys on the defensive line. And and so that's yeah, I I could absolutely see him in that seven to nine range. They were yeah. first. They were first in the league last year in sacks from like week six on, I think. So yeah, yeah. We we had a really we have an underrated pass rush last year. I felt like especially once Dunlap got into the team, like it was really it was really actually good, quite good. Yeah, and before we get to Eric's crush here, I just want to just say what you're saying there, Nathan, is like there's so much you know so much is driven by by fantasy football and just national media, and there's so much like the the common languages. The Seahawks didn't do enough. Like they didn't improve their defense one bit. They lost these key players. And I just don't, I just don't think people are paying attention to like that. That defensive line is going to be a fierce rotation of just Brandon. I think you put it really, really well. We might not have a 13 sack guy. We probably won't, but it would not shock me if we have four dudes who are between seven and nine and it's going to, it's going to be the Raphael Palmero of defensive lines here. It'll be cumulative and quite nice. And then Eric, you have a crush that's starting to form here. So why don't you tell us who your dark horse is for a most sex? A little bit. I went real dark horse here. And I like what especially Brandon said about having a bunch of guys that may not reach double digits. And I thought about that. And I thought if it really is Cody Barton's coming out party, he's graduated now, right? He's a member of the team and he's not just a guy you see on special teams. Cody Barton, we saw it in the preseason. We've seen it in college tape. If they're sending this guy on the blitz quite a bit, that's why I put him tackles for a loss. That's why I have him in sacks here. I could see Cody Barton getting seven, ta- uh, sorry, 
seven sacks, eight sacks. That could be enough to lead the team by one or two. It's a nice stack you build in there, Eric. You know, sometimes you, you want to go with like, let's say, of course, the uh, the Russ DK or the Russ Tyler Lockett stack in fantasy. And you've got a little Cody Barton stack in the, in the crannies here. So well played so far, man. I dig it. All right. We're, yeah, we, we shall see. We're going to rotate to most missed tackles. Let's start where we have to start here because uh, Nathan... I think we had, I emailed you and said, Hey, I, I, I meant defensively, like who's going to whiff the most. And you went with Chris Carson, which obviously <laughs> you took it a different way. Um, we should maybe talk about this. I don't want to <laughs> pick who's going to be the worst. I wanted to pick who's going to be the best. Like you, if, you know, when I see most missed tackles, I'm like, Oh, Chris Carson's going to run over some fools. And then, you know, DK is probably get, my dark horse, you know, DK is going to run some people over too. And then more screen passes and stuff in this offense. So DK will have even more opportunities to just run people over. But you know, you wanted me to pick who's bad or something. I don't want to, I don't want to think. Okay. About just that. Let, every, yeah, let take Nathan take the zero on this. That's fine. Every, every player on the Seahawks will be successful. That's the, no one will miss a single tackle all year. That's I'm just kidding. Nathan's <laughs> anticipating Russell Wilson throwing a lot of picks and the Chris Carson is <laughs> just going to be terrible at bringing people down. I like it. The metagame. No, I, I think I would join uh, with Clint, uh, Clinton, your pick and Brandon's pick. Uh, all right. So. Looking at, looking at the stats. I looked it up. Okay. All right. Yeah. We had Jamal Adams who played with like basically no fingers and half a shoulder last year and had some issues tackling at times. So that to recap that right quick, I but had he also, Adams. he flies around the field and he that's does. the type of when they're, when you have a guy who's reckless like that, it, it can lead to some missed tackles. And one yeah. thing too is you want a guy that's going to play a lot. And I think Jamal Adams is going to be on the field. Basically every defensive play he's capable of being on the field. All right, that, that's an interesting point. So let's flip to Adam's uh, selection here because he goes with a name with somebody we're, we're used to missing tackles. But the question is, will he play a lot? So Adam, who is your dude? Well, I went with Flowers. And basically the reason why was I figured you needed to have somebody who played in space a lot. It's a lot easier to miss a tackle when you're out in space. And Flowers has this amazing ability to keep a guy in front of him on like every slant and then let him catch it and then miss the tackle and then, you know, give up a big play. So I felt like flowers was kind of a, I don't know, a, a pretty boneheaded pick or, or an easy pick uh, to, to make there. Now what you guys were talking about Adams and I really think that the shoulder injury, the elbow, the fingers, all of that stuff. I think you need all those things to make tackles and doing it with one arm last year. I still think he was a pretty sure tackler and it just feels like he's going to clean that up this year. Another year with Pete Carroll, who really does do a great job of teaching tackling. Uh, I just don't see Adam struggling in the tackling department again. Well, we, we, I think we all hope that you are, you're correct on this one. We're, we're wrong. Cause that would be good for our team. And then Eric, uh, Adam mentioned, you know, playing in space. So your dude, the way they're going to, the way they're going to have him out there kind of being a hybrid guy, he will be in space a lot. Who's your guy. Yeah, I thought about the in space. I didn't do any deep dive on stats like Nathan because that's that's <laughs> Nathan's wheelhouse. He's very good at that. But Daryl Taylor, Daryl Taylor is young. Daryl Taylor, this is his rookie year, more or less. And uh, it felt really bad saying this, but uh, what a better way to miss tackles than be in space and be in your rookie year. Yeah. And we saw a little bit of that in the preseason too, right? Kind of cleaned it up by week three, but I think game two, he just whiffed on a dude by the sideline. That's why he's my dark horse. I took Taylor as a dark horse. And then let's go back to Brandon. Who's your dude for your dark horse? I went with Bobby Wagner for the dark horse because it was just a couple of years ago that he, what, had zero or one missed tackle the entire season. So I thought, well, you know, maybe if there's not a whole lot of missed tackles, Bobby has all kinds of opportunities and he leads the team with five or six. 
Okay, he had, that, he had ten last year, according to Pro Football Focus. So yeah, I think that's, that's wrong. A, he didn't have that many misses. That's what, I'm <laughs> just saying they, they watch every play. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. Well, Nathan, you got the mic. Who's your dude? Uh, DJ Reed, uh, six hundred thirty at six, well, six hundred thirty snaps. So he's going to get a lot more snaps this year. He's like he's our CB one. So that's that's uh, I wanted to pick someone that had a high snap count, and uh, I think that DJ DJ Reed was my guy. Makes a ton of sense. And a dude who flies around the field is Eric's guy. Who's your guy, Eric? Marquise Blair. Again, young. Going to be all over the field. He's going to be in space. He's going to be in close quarters. Also, he used to be really, really aggressive. Don't think that that's not going to come out a lot this year. And uh, that's a recipe for missing tackles. All right. And then we have this guy trying to be cute over here. Adam Emmerich with this with his grizzly beard and his white claw. No, and I, and I like white claw. I drink white claw. There's no knock on that. I don't people people in the Northeast try to try to make funny if you drink a white claw. I'm like, dude, whatever. It's uh, I'm, I'm here for the destination, not not the uh, not the journey. Right. So you have any of the new corners. I'm going to have to say no bueno, Adam. Come up, <laughs> come up with one of their names. Yes. Give us no, something. No, this is great. And this is why it's great. And this is genius. And I can't believe you tried to take this away from me. There are no rules. You were no rules that you set with this. And so now what I get in this category is accumulation of all the missed tackles of all the new corners that nobody knows their names. Like yeah. I get all of those. Guys. If I can name them all, do you, do you lose your pick here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Sydney, so, Sydney Jones Jr. One. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> of, of all them, Adam, pick, pick, pick a winner, Bobby. Come on. Who do you, who do you got? Pick one. I don't have to. You didn't put that on the sheet. You don't have to paint me into a corner. No, now, now, now for the, his next pick is going to be a member of the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't do this a lot. You know, he's but, taking uh, a zero. Taking a zero I in that category. All right, you're, you're I didn't realize this was a game either. Like, yeah, but, I, I just, yeah, dude, I prepared so. a Google Doc with images for this. Come on, man. Like, it, it, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. So. Uh, you, I'll, I'll give you a chance to come back to that before before gameplay starts. We have you know, but the, the actual games kick off. This one's no, kind of you fun. don't need to. You don't need to. My answer is any of the new corners, and that's all right. All right, you're, you're giving up 24 possible points there. If you say stuff with enough confidence, then people will go with it, and that's what we're doing. Brandon came up with this category. This is this is probably the, the one of the best ones out there. The yak. Yard most yards after catch. So we had a, a little splitsable, a little, little three-two here. So we had three dudes with DK, two guys with Lockett. Okay, the guys with Lockett, take it away. Go first. What are you? Oh, I just think this offense tries to get guys into space. And what we're finally gonna get to see what a guy who's good at returning punts can do in in space on the offense, as opposed to Tyler Lockett just catches the ball eight seconds after the snap, like 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 most years. I don't think that's what our offense is gonna look like anymore. I hope, I hope you're right. And Eric, you had Lockett as well, right? Yeah, uh, Lockett is the old man on the block as far as receivers go on this team, and he can still get the most yak, and uh, I like him for my pick. Now, what I love about the pick, by the way, the rest of us took DK, right? So we, we could talk about it a little bit, but what I love about Lockett is that he didn't get that last year. So often last year, he'd be catching the ball and just like wrapped up or like basically at the sideline or, you know, to, tiptoes the whole time, right? The, the toe drag swag, the whole thing already. And even sometimes kind of like just like diving at dude's shins because he's just trying to get that extra half a yard. If Lockett leads the team in yak, the like a little equation sign, then if P then Q, then Shane Waldron was a very good offensive coordinator. So I'm all in on this. I, I want it to be the fact, but the rest of us took DK. So Adam, why don't you say why, why you took your man DK there? 
Well, I guess first I would say why I didn't take Lockett. Um, Cause that was the first name that came to mind because of his shiftiness and everything we've seen in the past, but he's also at a stage in his career now where he's getting older. It's harder to stay on the field. He's starting to play smarter. And like you said earlier, Clinton, a lot of those uh, catches are near the sidelines, tiptoe stuff. And you also see him now when he's catching the ball, just get down yep. and not absorb that hit. So that's why I went with DK because being younger, being the physical freak that he is. And I just, I just know that he runs with that beast mode mentality when he gets the ball in his hands and Waldy's going to run a lot of that screen stuff and those short passes. And he's going to have a chance to break a lot of tackles. Yeah. I do wonder if DK will be getting a lot of those bubbles or some other folks that might be popping up in the, in the, in the dark horse before we get there though, Brandon DK, why was your guy? Yeah. Well, I, these were the two names that immediately came to mind and uh, it had to do with the bubble screen. Like if, if you're going to throw a bubble screen out to either Tyler or DK, which one's getting more yards. And based on everything that I've seen from DK with, like Adam said, that beast mode mentality, he's going to pick up more yards. Yeah. And I have nothing to add. You guys, you guys said it well. Uh, I do think one of those two will, will do it. However, for the first dark horse, I want to call out my favorite, the, the darkest of the horses here that I like, Nathan, I'm looking at yours. That's a pretty great dark horse for uh yards after catch. You're not going to, you're not going to like the reasoning. I don't think, which is <laughs> that if, if, if either DK or Tyler Lockett get hurt, this guy is pretty much the number two option in this offense. And that's Gerald Everett. So why, why I like Gerald, that's why I like Gerald Everett is that he has a lot of uh, his good movement skill. He's like 91st percentile athlete. Uh, and he's, he's really good at, at movement. And so if one of those guys misses any significant time, and I mentioned it, you know, Tyler's getting older. He might miss a couple game stuff. Gerald is probably the number two option in the, in the passing offense. And so I really like uh, Gerald Everett this year. Yeah, I, I dig him too. And, and I think if he, if he, but I think if he ends up being our yak leader, like you said, we might have some problems now. However, we got, we got a new name on here also. I'm going to pass to Eric first. Cause we got two dudes who took, two took the man, Eric, this dude can flat out fly. What drew you to him? D Eskridge is our rookie, our true rookie on an offense. This is Tyler Lockett 2.0. This is a guy who can speed around the guy on the drag route. Who's going to catch those five yard passes and run it for 13, 26, et cetera. Uh, that's why I have him on here. I have him as a dark horse because I don't think he's going to uh, use Lockett yet, but it's possible. Yeah, I dig it. Adam, you had the same answer, but uh, any different reasons? No, they're pretty similar. And basically just the idea that this kind of Ram styles offense where they're going to be running a bunch of those you know, slants and the mesh concept and all that, that just plays right into Eskridge's game. And with Russ being as deadly accurate as he is being able to put it on him in a place to where he's catching it in stride. And because he just does fly, he has a real chance to be the leader in yak. Yeah, man. Maybe a couple of those pop passes a game and, and, you know, getting it literally whatever half. I don't know how they even count that when they do yak. Is that zero? Is that half? I don't know. And then, and, and then away he goes. Cause I think we'll be seeing some of those. And then, so, uh, that leaves, that leaves for me and Brandon, the same dude, Brandon, take it away. Who'd you have? Well, Eskridge was a guy who came to mind and I, I was also thinking, okay, but who's going to catch more passes this year than Eskridge that could be considered a dark horse candidate. And because he's a running back, I thought I was pretty smart here picking Chris Carson. And I see you did that too, Clinton. So uh, Chris Carson, I, he's had uh, what? 37 receptions the last couple of years. We're adding That's an correct. extra game this year with the new offense coming in. I think he has the potential to, to be a yards after the catch candidate. 
Yeah, we talked about Carson quite a bit throughout the uh, throughout the offseason that he did match at 37 receptions back to back years. And the year previous, he played basically played 15 or so games, 16 games last year, only played 12 games. So he was on a better clip. I'm with you. I I hope this dude could be in the low 50s for for receptions this year. Take him to like a, a different a, a yet another level in his career. And if he does that. It's got a decent little chance to be to be the yak master, which is which is quite nice. All right, we're gonna flip it over to the another next. So Nathan, you, you played this one. This one you played along with. This was most yak given up, and you didn't put you know you didn't put an offensive player here. So why don't you go first? Who do you think is gonna give up give up the most yak? Um, like I said, I think the linebackers are gonna be in coverage a lot. Um, and so uh, Bobby Wagner, Bobby, Bobby, Wag- Bobby Wagner. Yeah, I mean it's logical pick, but I, I I hope not, man. I mean I just hope it's not base, you know the 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 old base four three where these dudes are dropping back in coverage so much. However, talked about the five man front quite a bit a little bit or, you know earlier too. Do you what do you think they're going to do when you when you say they're they're back in coverage a lot? What what do you what do you see in? Mike, what they'll end up doing, I think, a lot is one of the guys, Bobby Jordan and Jamal, might be attacking, but the other two are always going to be back in coverage. And last season. Uh, Bobby had the second most coverage snaps of any Seahawks at 701. Uh, so that that's kind of why I'm, I'm just kind of going off of that, right? Like if you're in coverage a lot, you have a lot of opportunities to give up yards after the catch. Even if Bobby, if it was yards of the catch per reception, then I might pick like Trey flowers, you know, but it's, but it's not yards <laughs> after catch per reception. It's just yards after catch. And I think Trey flowers is going to get benched by week eight. So like, I don't have to, or I think there's, that's a possibility, you know, there's guys challenging for those jobs right now you know, Jones and Brown who went on IR, but I thought was ha- having a really interesting camp in preseason. So I'm going with Bobby because he's going to play a lot. Straight volume. I like it. And Brandon, so anything you had, you had Wagner as well, anything to add for your selection? It was volume. Also, I think that pro football focus or whatever stats we use. And when I look at pro football focus, they tend to hate Bobby Wagner and just always throw like a guy who's catching a ball over the middle, whether it's a tight end or a running back, they just give those yards to Bobby. And uh, that's wh- how it's been in the past. So I went with them. Yeah, they, they give those yards to the linebackers. Exactly. Yeah. They did hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a pretty lot now, now looking back, I'm like, Oh boy, I think they might have the upper hand here. However, the, the name flowers was brought up again. Adam, you had flowers this time around. Uh, you, I think you went back to back. So most missed tackles, I guess it goes, I guess that's the stack, right? If you're going to miss tackles, you're going to give up yak. Is that where you went? Uh, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. And basically too, uh, I think it was Nathan who said earlier, like if it was most, most yards given up per catch, like this is a slam dunk, but uh, I know he has a propensity to do it. And then I did think about the playing time issue and I'm not, I'm not sold on any of these new dudes that have come in over the last, uh, you know, uh, what, 24 hours to be starting anytime soon. And we all know that Pete is a really stubborn man and boy, howdy has he talked up Trey flowers this whole off season and after the preseason and he's going to, he's going to give him some run. So I think flowers has a really good chance to bring me home with some terrible play. Oh, let's hope. Let's uh, once again hoping you're wrong. But Eric, you had a, you had an interesting one here as well. Go on. Uh, I also went, like Nathan went for the guy in space. I had a real problem putting Bobby. I, I wrote Bobby down. And I was like, no, no, no. Let's put Daryl Taylor because this is a guy who's going to be out in coverage more than he wants to be, more than he should be. How many times have we seen the linebackers covering deep guys? I mean, even in the preseason, we saw it. So Daryl Taylor, young, bubble screen central, short drags 
missing things. Uh, maybe he won't have the volume uh, of work, but there's a chance he will. Yeah, I, he, he very well may as well. Looking at these, I kind of feel like I should have went linebacker now, but I, I went uh, Marquise Blair. You know, it looks like he'll be in the slot quite a bit and just kind of some, sometimes roaming around the field. So maybe he's going to get tethered to some of these yak yards as well. Uh, if I had a revote, I think I'd go with uh, the, the the linebackers like Wagner. But let's let's roll on over to the dark horses here. So, Adam, I'll start with you. You once again went, went with any of the new corners and uh, and we, we can revisit that later. No, if no, that's we, can, okay. we can visit that now. And I I'll get away with it once, but I can't get away with it twice. I'll give you that. So I'll actually pick a name and I do think Sidney Jones, that would be the first one of the new corners that comes to mind. I do think that he probably has the best chance to play uh, at least early and just kind of looking back at his career, what he was an Eagle and a, in a, in a Jag, right? Like when he was playing for the Eagles, wasn't that the year where like they were finding dudes who like stood next to the Rocky statue and was like, come play corner. <laughs> Like it, it, he happened to be starting that year. I just, I'm not sold on the guy's uh, overall talent. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll go with Sidney Jones. I won't play my little game uh, for a second time. Very nice. And I took Sidney Jones as well. So I, I have to think now that the sheet was opened and you had one of the names in front of you, you took the name in front of you, which is, you know, I well can't played, sir. I believe you outed me like that. <laughs> That's terrible. I mean, I, I you know, you, you might've outed yourself with the, with the breadcrumbs you left there, you know, but then, but it's all, it's all good. But I took Sidney Jones because I do think he's going to actually get on the field quite a bit. He seemed like he was pretty darn talented. And if you're out there, then this is a category you could end up on, you know, uh, one way or the other. So, and some more interesting answers there too. Eric, we're going to, the crush, the crush is back for you, buddy. Talk, talk it up. Talk about it. In a negative way. So again, I stuck with linebacker. I didn't want to go Jordan Brooks for dark horse. Uh, so I went with Cody Barton because instead of saying, Hey, this guy's going to be awesome. He's going to be sent on blitzes all the time. and Everything's going to be perfect. This is a guy who they're going to send out in coverage. And he's not going to know what's going on or he's going to be out of position. This is probably a bad pick because of the time on the field he'll spend. Uh, won't, won't give him that volume. But I'm still leaving him as my dark horse because, uh, you know, he's not going to have a dream season. Uh, or Not everyone's going to have a dream season you want them to have. So we're dialing back the crush a little bit. So I think what's coming up for me here is like before it was like, hey, if Lockett is the yak monster, then Waldron did a great job. And it's like if... Barton is the anti-yak monster, if that makes sense. Then Ken Norton somehow regressed, and that that feels that feels bad. Doesn't I feel, feel like that's possible, though. That's it's our yeah, defense. It, it is possible. Hopefully, with the talent we have there, we saw some things getting masked, and we saw lots of like dip, at least some different uh, style of blitzing. And that was just the preseason, where it wasn't like doing the obvious, obvious thing every single time, those kind of like late blitzes through gaps, et cetera, et cetera, that Barton was really good at. So hopefully, maybe we see a little more creativity this year. We, we shall see. All right, uh, over to you, Nathan. Who do you got here? I got Jamal Adams. It's similar reasoning that I've been using for a lot of these. He's going to play a lot, and I think he is going to play more of a hybrid linebacker role, which obviously linebackers uh, – Get, get given all the stats Brandon brought that up but they, they they get killed in the stat like last year first and second was Jamal or was uh sorry Bobby and then KJ because any throw that goes over the middle it's obviously the linebackers fault for some reason so Jamal will be an honorary linebacker a lot of the time and uh, that's yeah. gonna give him a chance to to bring up some stats here 
believe they call him a weapon, right? Or he calls himself a weapon. So he's, he's, he's all over the place. All right, Brandon, speaking of all over the place, this category was, who do you got for your dark horse for most yak given up? Yeah, I can't believe everybody else was so negative and uh, with their answers. And because mine was really a positive answer. If DJ Reed misses two tackles and gives up 30 yak for the entire season and everybody else on the defense is awesome, then uh, DJ Reed will be the dark horse candidate to win this, this category. I like it. I, li- I like your 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 ability to take the negative and spin it on three and three out the sober yin raging yang. You've done it before. I've seen it before. So uh, w- well done. We're going to rotate over to most interceptions here. So another chalk one that people do like to talk about. However, uh, you know, Eric, I got I, I love you. I love you, man. Like, you know, you, you're like, I'm just figuring the game out. And I love that your your most INTs might have been might have been a dark horse guy. But nope, you slid him right up to, to the you know front row there, pole position. Who's your guy? You'll see on the on the guy I chose and the dark horse eh, flip a coin. It could be either one. So and in the way of any of the new corners, I just went Ryan Neal because I would love to say that Quandre Diggs is going to do it or my boy Marquise Blair, the second coming of Ken Hamlin and Cam Chancellor, their, their, that lineage. Uh, I'd love to say that he'll do it. But I was looking at a guy who they're going to move in, move out, who can play a few different roles. Uh, and depending on the zone, he will be in different places. And I like Ryan Neal. I like him enough. Uh, I thought, let's just throw him up there. I, I kind of like it. Any, any, any other takes on Eric's take of Ryan Neal before we move on? I really enjoy Ryan Neal's game. I, I think he plays with a lot of heart. He has great instinct. He seems to just kind of have that, uh, you know, magnet for the ball kind of thing going on for him. And uh, I just don't know how much he's going to be on the field. Uh, hopefully not that much, I, I guess is the way that I would put it. But I do enjoy uh, the way that he plays him. He's an excellent depth piece. Yeah, I, I agree. And he, and he does fly around and he's fun. And it's nice to have, once again, that kind of safety depth is that's impressive. So, hey, man, maybe Neil does it. However, there was a safety last year who had five INTs that three of y'all all picked. So, uh, Brandon, why don't you go first and, and you know, lay it out there for who you, who you took for most INTs? Yeah, Quandre Diggs seemed like the chalk answer here just because he is the guy that always seems when when there's a tipped pass that goes up in the air. Quandre Diggs is there to bring it down. And, and that's why he's a, a Pro Bowl candidate every single year. And my pick for most INTs, I I just don't see the corners being the corners to me, aren't the type of guys who really get a lot of picks uh, historically. And, you know, we saw a little bit from DJ Reed, but I I just couldn't see him getting it over Diggs. I mean, it makes sense. Logic, logic prevailing there. Nathan, similar logic or, you know, something else that crept in for you. Uh, no, similar, similar, same, same. (laughs) Yeah. It's in sign language. Here we go. No, that's, I mean, it, it makes sense, right? The dude, the dude's that he sees the patrolman out there, right? Playing center field and he's going to, going to get his chances with it, which is awesome. Uh, Adam, for you, you also had digs, anything, anything, anything to add there for yourself? Yeah. The only thing that I would add is that we all know that Diggs is looking for more money right now. And so yeah. he, he could show out this year and really break the bank. So I think there's a, an extra motivation there for him. I like, I like it. Definitely the chalk answer, but nothing wrong with that. That uh, definitely could win. It's like taking, uh, you know, I wouldn't even say Duke or UNC, but taking, you know, taking your, your Kansases and, and your Kentuckys and getting to the final four with them and away you go. I took DJ Reed solely on the fact that 
He's becoming the CB1, and he's probably going to be challenged a lot this year, uh, maybe even quite a bit early, as folks are trying to figure out, like, is this guy really, really a, a lead cornerback in the NFL? And I think he's pretty darn good. He's pretty sticky. So so I think he's going to get a lot of balls thrown his way. So volume, but in a different way for me and DJ Reed. All right. So on to our dark horses. Let's take a, ooh, ooh, oh, there's a, there's a spicy one here that we got to, got to, got to go to. You know what? I'm making, I'm making a, a, a judgment call. This is going to be a 36 pointer, triple, triple. If the, right on, on the fly, be me. here we go. This, I'm going <laughs> to put it right in there. Going to put it right in there. So Brandon, I do believe that's you. With all the movement that we've had at corner, and that's, I had to pick a guy who's not even on the team yet. And that's why I went with Richard Sherman as my dark horse candidate for most interceptions for the Seahawks in 2021. I like how you said not on the team yet, as if there's a chance <laughs> he will get added to the he team. Will, well, he will all. get added to the team because I picked him. No. <laughs> <laughs> there, I, there, you're saying there's absolutely no shot, none? at all that boat has left the uh the station there's no there's nothing i do not think so all right how about a different question of, of the dudes on here is there anybody that does wouldn't want richard sherman on the team oh no i would find it yeah i think okay. brandon picked with his heart here and i respect you for that man thank you like not everything has to be on a spreadsheet nathan okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does it does we're, we're crushing the numbers here we're getting uh, we're going deep Nathan, take your numbers, run with it. Who's your dark horse? I went with Marquise Blair. I think that he's going to, he's a the nickel cornerback, you know, so he's going to be on the field a lot. And also he'll probably get some play at safety to give the other safeties uh, some, some rest. So yeah, I like, I like the, I like the, the uh, aggressiveness that Blair brings, which is why I went with him. I, I dig it. And then to, uh, speaking of aggressive, Adam, who'd you take? Well, I took Adams and I know that's a weird pick in some ways because he's a box safety. Everybody talks about it all the time, but They've talked so much about getting him out in coverage a lot more this year. And he does call himself a weapon and he does have that chip on his shoulder. And I really do believe that he wants to prove himself as being an all around player. And I could see him actually doing a little better in this uh, area and actually having a lot of picks. So we'll see. I don't know. Might be a boneheaded pick, but whatever. Well, I mean, it's, it's for, it's the bonus, right? It's the dark horse. And I mean, if you get three or four, you might lead the team. Right. And I mean, I think we could all count in our brains a couple times over. He dropped at least three interceptions last year that were literally in his breadbasket. No I'm not sure if anybody has them. Well, I understand that. But still, you got, you know, you got a chest plate, you got arms, you could you could do things. His fingers are healed. I, ho- I hope the dude I, listen, that'd be that'd be awesome if if somehow Adams leads us with four or five picks that I think I think people will be pumped up about about the contract, about, about his, uh, you know, his legend only growing. And if he has those kind of numbers, he's probably lining up for like a little defensive player of the year type stats. If he's, if he's compiling some interceptions on top of what he's already going to do, which I, think I be almost, sweet. I almost right, picked Eric, Adams oh, myself, but then I thought when Richard Sherman comes back to this team, he's going to end up leading the team <laughs> in interceptions. When, when, of course. I dig it. I dig it. I think I think you should get some points if he just comes back. We, we may have to give you some points, some bonus points just for that, because it is it's the the boldest of the bold. Wait a I love second. It. Wait a second. If, if, because Richard Sherman would be technically a new cornerback. Does Adam get points for that too? Yes. Yeah. I, like, I, like, I like how Clinton's like is handing out points now willy nilly, and he's mad at me for my little like any of the corners answers. Like because of my like, answer. Like, awesome. I didn't follow the rules, and he's making up the rules now. 
Correct. All, all things are correct there. So Eric, who do you okay. got in this category? Uh, for me, it was a little more chalky. Like I said, you could have switched him either way. I went DJ Reed, basically the the cornerback that's probably good for ideally three interceptions. That's not going to blow anyone away. That might just lead the team. So dig it. And I went with went with Blair, just like Nathan. Very, very similar reasons there. Again, I just think the guy flies around the field. I want that dude to be healthy this year. Of course, we all do. Um, I, to me, he's. I'm not going to say he's a keystone or a linchpin, he, but however, his presence will be known game in, game out. Uh, and I think right away this season. So I'm really looking forward to that. All right. We have longest touchdown run of the year. I'll say it this way. Four of the five of us took Chris Carson. And that's probably saying something because there's dudes like, you know, Rashad Penny and others that, that run the ball. Carson's not exactly a breakaway back. However, four of the five took Chris Carson. One stood alone with a really interesting pick, which I which I dug so much. Uh, who'd you have there, Nathan? Okay, well, who had the longest run last year? Carlos Hyde, right? And then the second mo- longest run was was Wilson. So I was like, I'm not picking Carson. He just doesn't bust long runs. And I wanted I wanted to get different at this point. And so I was like, okay, well, what's the offense going to look like? I tried to envision in my head, like what's the what's the Shane Waldron offense look like? And I don't feel like we've seen much of it in the in the preseason. You know, it's pretty, yep. looked pretty boring out there. So I was trying to think, and I was like, there's a lot of jet sweep action in the Rams offense. And so I'm going to pick D Eskridge to, to be, to bust one long one. And I think that, that that's just a possibility. You only need one run to win this category, right? It's not like I'm guessing. And uh, just D's going to get opportunities to touch the ball on jet sweep action. And I, I that's why I picked Eskridge. I, I loved it. So I, we're going to just blast past the rest with Carson. Cause that was kind of a chalk answer. So we don't need to go with the rest of us to Carson. I dig it. Let's go to the dark horse. I'll pick it up there. So Brandon and myself both had D as our dark, dark horse. Oh, actually Brandon, Adam and myself all had D so, but he was our dark horse. Same reasoning, man. I was like, dude, we could see that we could see like a little 71 yard, just jailbreak, right? Just, just the jets get turned on and he's gone. Brandon or Adam, you, you seen it the same way? Absolutely. And I'm happy now I'm going to get 24 points for the answer rather than 12. And uh, so Nathan thinks he's so smart, but we're the ones racking up the points here. Play the my, game. my dark horse is going to win. That's why. That's <laughs> <laughs> My dark horse was Russell Wilson, though. I went with Russell Wilson because on the once again, I'm envisioning the offense, right? And there's a lot of boot boot action in the in the Ram style offense. And so on those boots, Russ is going to have opportunities to to get out and run in space. And I think Russ could have some big runs this year. So that's why I picked him as my dark horse. Man, wouldn't it be so great to see Russ like with the the old the old uh, you know school leather helmet on, just like the, the the school ties style running that he used to do back in like you know 2012, 2013, and actually keep a few boots this year? Wouldn't that be something pretty awesome if he if he does d- doesn't hand off every single read option? Not all of them, yeah. It's few, keep a few of them. Keep a few. Just just a few. And and Eric, you had a really surprise pick. You went with Cody Barton for longest touch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just joking a little bit, a little bit here, but you did have an interesting take. So take it away. Cody Barton also has longest pass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went with Rashad Penny because if Rashad Penny made this team, which uh, some would argue surprisingly he did, um, this guy's got to prove something and he's going to, if he's going to be on this team, he's going to be given the opportunity. And this is the guy that when we drafted him and you looked at, you know, before he got injured, what can this guy do? Well, this guy can bust a long run. And ultimately I don't, I don't mean to root against Rashad Penny. I'm just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. 
I don't know what if what he's got left in his tank, what he can still do. Uh, if he's going to be fine. So I went Penny. Well, Clinton knows I will openly root against Rashad Penny. I will openly root against Rashad Penny because when he got drafted, I thought it was an awful draft pick. Every, all this broken tackle uh, runs that he got credit for in college were all like ankle tackles. Like he ran through monster holes. I didn't see it from the start. I didn't think he was going to be a good addition to this team. And he hasn't been. And then you get injured along the way as well. If he even touches the ball this year, like I'll be stunned. I mean, don't we all think that DJ Dallas is ahead of him on the depth chart at the very least? I mean, I agree with one thing. It's better to be right than to root for players in the Seahawks to do well. (laughs) (laughs) I, when he was drafted though, and I panned him when I panned him, when he got drafted, I said, I hope I'm dead wrong. This off season has been the the off season of victory laps for Adam. When it comes to Rashad, I'm not going to lie. I want to Nick Chubb bad. So I feel, I feel you on that. Like I want to Nick Chubb bad with that pick. So yeah, I understand it. It, Penny needs to be in a lot of space to be successful. You're right. Like he needs that space. And so that's, I did pick him as a dark horse in another category, but it's the category I felt like he would get a ton of space in like this offense. I don't think is going to allow him the space he needs to be a big rushing success. Yeah. I think, well, you know, it, it, he kind of reminds already of like Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders might be a better player, but like he kind of disappointed last year. But if you go back and look at Sanders's, uh, long runs. I think he had three runs over 70 yards last year and like, didn't do a lot other times, but he did break a few away with volume. And I think if Penny gets that's the problem for me is if Penny's getting that kind of volume, I think something else is broken. So I, I hope it doesn't happen because I think he's going to need quite a, you know, quite a number of Plinko chips to, to break one of these. Um, I, I hope I'm, I hope I'm wrong about all this, but, but we, we will, we will roll on. So longest TD reception, kind of a chalky one here. We had three dudes who would lock it two dudes with Metcalf, myself and Nathan had Metcalf. Nathan, I mean, besides the fact that the sexy deep balls go to go to Metcalf and he's a giant man, you know, how, how'd you end up on Metcalf? Just big. That's that. I thought DK, <laughs> DK big. That, that was yeah. like literally all the thought I put into it. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was either Lockett or Metcalf. I'm like, you know what? The, the the biggest ones were maybe he sheds a dude and like, you know, just like throws a throws a couple of DBs off him on his way into the end zone. I was like, well, that's more of a Metcalf thing. Uh, the other dudes, you guys all took Lockett. So let's start with Adam. You 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 took Lockett. What are you looking for for longest TD reception? You said it really well just a second ago. It could have been either Lockett or DK flip a coin. Um, so I chose Lockett. It was really that that's all it was. It's interesting though that Fair the enough. coin flip happened with the same people that it, it was opposite of the most yards after the catch. The people who went DK flipped over to Lockett for longest TD reception. That's kind of weird. Yeah, it's called yeah. it's called yeah, don't psychology me with this. All right. <laughs> I just I had picked DK before, and so I was like, I can't pick him again. Like that's that's lame. I do like splitting your bet there is, is nice though. Cause you, you, you're probably going to get one of them. Right. Right. I really appreciate you giving me like some credit for strategery here, but there was none. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta say, speaking of strategery, I got it wrong. I took Lockett. I'm looking at this backwards. So, so, so uh, anyway, yeah, Lockett's <laughs> definitely the guy. What are we talking about? The sexy deep balls go to Lockett. <laughs> Eric, you took DK Metcalf and I, and I, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, I took it away from you, dude. I, I stole your, your Metcalf thunder. So I apologize. What, what do you got? What do you, what do you got for DK? Uh, DK, he's a, uh, he's a big star literally and physically. Uh, just going to be on those slugger routes on those on those giant throw them up 50 50 balls um not a lot of yak more just 50 yards bringing it down simple as that but what if there's a three cone 
like anywhere on the field. Can he, can he just, can he only run nines? Like, is this, <laughs> that is, un, that is completely misrepresented and underrated. He is above fine on the three cone. I love it. I love it. All right. So then I think the dark horses are a little more interesting and certainly more spread out. Um, I'd say the most interesting, we're bringing it back up here, but uh, you know, Nathan, you probably got some reasons why, uh, why you chose your guy. Okay. So last year, the third longest reception went to Travis Homer. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pick a backup running back. And I was like, uh, Alex Collins is probably the best choice, but I'm just going to pick Rashad Penny because if he gets in space, he is pretty good. He's good at, at pulling away in space. And so he'll just get one. And just like Travis Homer, you know, it'll be part 50 of his total 68 receiving yards or whatever. You know, it won't be, it won't be a lot, but yeah, that's my I, pick. I dig it. And Brandon, it seems like you had a similar philosophy. You must've went back into the, uh, the catalogs and found out the stats as well, because you have at this point, a backup running back too. Well, I just, I went with DJ Dallas cause I think he had the longest reception for a touchdown in the preseason. And so I thought, oh, well, maybe he'll, he'll do something similar to like that. Well, that's that's just some straight logic right there. I, I, to finish out the running backs, Adam, you went with the actual starter of the Seattle Seahawks, which maybe maybe makes sense. And you had Chris Carson. Oh, absolutely. I I agree with both of their philosophies in terms of it going to a back. And you, I think you'll see that Russell actually incorporates uh, thrown to the back a lot more this year. And that is like you said earlier in the podcast, Clinton, like the next evolution of Chris Carson's game and you think about a guy who could actually make a lot of people miss in space and like truck a couple cornerbacks and just have a really like long breaking touchdown. Chris Carson was the first guy that came to mind for me uh, after DK and Lockett. It would be, it would be fun. Like if Carson could add that, I mean, I know he's not going to add breakaway speed at this age, although I've been seeing some of the, the bench presses he's been doing on bleacher report, which are, which are pretty intense. And it would still be so nice if he had that, he's kind of like Marshawn light and, and without the beast mode type ability to, to really break away at the end there. If he could add one of those this year, it'd be something special. Eric, I really, really dug. I like yours. Cause we haven't talked about this guy one bit yet. Who's your man. Uh, if you look at the Pete Carroll history with the Seahawks, uh, the, the biggest player, the greatest player is not always the longest touchdown. It's someone like a Jermaine curse like a David Moore, like a Freddie Swain, who I picked. Uh, Freddie Swain could just come out of nowhere with like, you see Freddie Swain caught a 63-yard pass. That was crazy. It's like his fourth pass of the year that he's caught. So, yeah, that's what I picked him. I, I, I like that pick because David Moore had a huge catch last year, I remember, and I think it's awesome to pick like the, the number four wide receiver could have a huge catch for sure. Yeah, I, I dig that a lot because that was that was basically, I mean, listen, I mean, more got more went to a team, got a decent contract and got cut. And I, I don't know about you, but I wasn't that surprised. I was like, I think he was, you know, pretty, pretty decent in our system. And the big play down the sideline was kind of kind of his jam. That's what he that's what he was good at. And maybe Swain takes that and, and you know, and does even more with that, with that position. I like, I went with the speedster. I went Eskridge. I think this was the chalkiest of the dark horses where if it ain't going to be Tyler, it ain't going to be Metcalf. You got another burner. So if, if they got to cover those guys, well, you know, maybe, maybe D gets free a couple times downfield and he gets, he gets used a bit more than just over the middle. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I think rotating into the next one, this was, I believe the only category, I think where we all pick the same exact dude, so most rushing yards by a non uh, non QB non running back. We all picked D Eskridge. Um, anybody want to just say say a few things? We'll move on. He's fast. 
they they use a lot of draft capital capital on him and he's already 24 so he needs to play you know what i mean it's not like he can just sit and do nothing like they i think they expect him to contribute right away this was the one question that came up on the uh on the thing where i was like most rushing yards not i don't know um fly sweeps eskridge i think that was how i went and I think that's, I think that's good enough, right? I think that's pro- probably how it's going to, you know, go down and he's, I, I, okay. How about, how about a different Brandon? How many, how many rushing attempts for the year do you think D Eskridge gets? Gosh, that's what made this one kind of difficult to pick. I, it, I don't even know if it goes into double digits. How, how many, how many, uh, how many do you think Robert Woods had last year for the, for the Rams? Cause he's the, he was their jet sweep guy. That was going to be my exact question. I, I don't even know the answer, but that's what I was going to ask. I have it. So do you, what, do, what do you think? Like, just take a guess. I'm going to go with nine. nine? Did you yeah. say nine? I'm, I'm going to go with uh, 21, quite a bit. Yeah, you're 25, actually. Oh, damn. So, I mean, that, that is opportunity there for sure. Wow. Okay. Yeah, if it, so, was, less than, if it was less than 15, I would have been stunned. Yeah, Bobby Tree's got the ball a lot on on that that same damn play. So hopefully we see quite a bit of, of, of D doing that as well. All right, so this one's kind of fun. So most rushing yards for the dark horse here. So there was some some love here for from what one of our our captain our captains here. So we had Adam and Eric both with uh, this this fantastic pick. Adam, I'll give it to you first, and then Eric, you could chime in. Who is your guy here for dark horse most rushing yards? Oh my goodness. I don't want to st- steal Eric's thunder here. Cause uh, I, I just, this was a heart pick. This was a heart pick for me. Uh, I love old school football, man. I love defense. I love running the ball. I love fullbacks and I love Nick Ballore. And I just, I just was hoping for Nick Ballore to, you know, carry the ball, maybe, you know, 25 times and like bust like three and uh, just be that second guy and uh, tell a joke on the way to the end zone. That's, that's what I was looking for out of Nick Ballore. He's become very, he, you're very endeared to him after this, this, this summer of Nick Ballore, where everybody, everybody says he's, he's the funniest guy on the team. Eric, were you also swept away with uh, Nick Ballore's charm and guile? Uh, I mean, I will say as a member of the Seahawks Nest podcast, Nick Ballore has earned his right to not be made fun of constantly by Nathan. Uh, who yes. who's been anti Nick Ballore for I'm not a long anti Ballore. I'm just anti carrying well, a guy on the roster who can only play fullback. And Ballore is the opposite <laughs> of that. He's the everyman. He can, yes, now he's, he's the he's the JJ Water, the Seattle Seahawks. He can do player. anything. He's a football uh, player. He lives in a cabin. Uh, Nick Ballore is a guy that's I don't know. Look at the great moment in Seahawks history where Max Strong on fourth and short made a thirty yard run. Why can't Nick Ballore do that for us? Not going to happen. That's why it's a dark horse. I, I like the dark horse, but you know, for me, it's like he, to, to me, I think he's a damn good special teamer. You know, he's got, he's got the, the hardware to, to, to prove that he proved he's a, actually a great backup linebacker. If he has to spell I'll be like, all right, this dude could tackle. I'm cool with it. Of the three things, I think he's a pretty bad fullback. I don't think he's a very successful fullback. He, he goes in. I don't see him bl- moving dudes. I, I don't see us getting the fourth and twos and the third and ones when Nick Bellor's in the game. So it's like, uh, listen, keep him for the other things. But for me, do not give that guy a handoff a year. He's not He's not a very good fullback. That, at least that's that's my take. You put, yeah, put, right. Puna, put Puna Ford at fullback. Oh my gosh, stop being cowards and put Puna Ford at fullback. I love it. Speaking of maybe a dark horse here, I went with Gerald Everett for most rushing yards because he actually, I think, got some tugs. I think he, I think he got a couple of uh, rush attempts in the in the Waldron offense. So they brought him over here. Very, very dark horse. So I went with Everett, and then we had 
two dudes with the same pick here. So we had Nathan and Brandon take it away. Brandon, you go first. Yeah, I, my thought here was if it's not Eskridge getting the ball multiple times, maybe they split it up between Eskridge and Swain. And so Freddie Swain was my dark horse pick here. Very nice. And, and how about for you, then, Nathan? Similar idea, except for if I was if Eskridge doesn't get it, he got hurt. And who would replace Eskridge? Oh, see, Freddie I wasn't Swain. thinking of somebody getting hurt, Nathan. I know, but he already dealt with an injury. So I, I just think, gosh, yeah, talk if, about if, dark. If es- but Eskridge feels like the winner here for me, like pretty, pretty clear. Yeah, I think, and hence the only category sweep that we had was for Eskridge to take this home, and let's uh, let's hope he does. All right, so most receiving yards, non-wide receiver, non-tight end. We'll just say it this way to save a little time. Four out of the five all had Chris Carson, myself included. There was once again the uh, you know the the cheese stands alone over here. So Nathan, you had a different take on most receiving yards for non-wide receiver, non-tight end, and who was that? I spent the whole time about this question trying to think who the third down back would be. And uh, I thought Alex Collins looked really good catching the ball in the preseason. And so, and in that, in the mock game, he had the really good catch too. So I'm, I went with Alex Collins. The difference between Carson and Hyde was not super big last year. So I, I was like, okay, maybe someone could sneak up on Carson. I tried to get different a little bit at the end. You know, I, I, I dig that a lot. Any other, any other takes on Nathan's take? Cause we all took Carson. So anybody else feeling what Nathan, Nathan's laying down? Well, I think that led to why so many of us took DJ Dallas as our dark horse candidate, because the, the thought being that third down back. And uh, and so that led me to pick Dallas in the dark horse category. Yeah. So four of the five of us t- 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 took DJ Dallas and and really by um, I guess by by logic. Well, so did Adam. Adam went with uh, not Penny. So what, once again, what, which, which, uh, you know, I think it could, it's, it's the rules did not state you couldn't do the broad stroke here. So the, the aperture is wide open. He goes, not Penny. Um, hey, do you want to, do you want to narrow it down? Do you want to lay it on somebody or do you want to stick with your, your, you know, your, your, your funniness here? What do you like? Again, I'm not going to get away with this more than once. So I will <laughs> narrow it down to Alex Collins. Uh, Cause I think out of all of the backup running backs, he seems like the guy that would be in there on those third downs and be that third down back. And I yeah. really like his game. I really like the way that he makes people miss in the open field. He's got great feet. Um, that was just, yeah, that was an opportunity to take a, take a penny. That, that uh, That's all that was. Now that we did this, it's, it's going to be Travis Homer. And we're all going to be future hall of famer, Travis Homer, the guy who is compared on the Seahawks preseason uh, broadcast with Terrell Davis. So does anybody here speak, you know, speaking of Alex Collins, anybody here think that Collins shouldn't be our number two? Is there, is there any, anybody that's like, nope, somebody else, DJ or Penny ought to be our number two at this point. The big thing for me with Alex Collins is that he's not as old as everyone thinks. He's 27, uh, just turned 27. So like he, he's not. It's not like we're putting a bunch of effort into a, a like a guy who's 30, like like Hyde was last year, right? It's we could keep him around for a couple years as a backup, and it's it's perfectly reasonable. So I I like Alex well, Collins. Well, a lot a lot of people also forget that great year he had with the Ravens as well, and yeah, like he he's a good player and. He has been talked up this whole offseason about how different he looks. And we saw it in that last preseason game where I thought maybe they were just playing him to dangle him for trade bait and scared the hell out of me. But fortunately, they kept him on the team. And I think he's a great player. 
it'll be interesting. You know, he's, he's had some fumble issues throughout his career that that's kind of big, been the, the thing that's kind of his shadow that's followed him around. And obviously we all know Pete, how that, how that works, right? If he puts one or two on the ground, he ain't going to see the field. However, man, the dude looks so damn good. So I, I hope for, I hope so much that we are seeing Carson 60, 65% of the splits, Collins for the, the majority of the minority and then sprinkling some other dudes. Uh, and I think that'd be, I think that'd be a really, really dynamic one too, with the rest of this team, which is this, this might be the best offense we've rolled out in, a, in, you know, years at this point. So I don't know, I'm, I'm definitely bullish there. If you stuck with us this long, we have, we have one more category, you know, the, 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 the in and then the, the dark horse there. So one more stick with us. This one's a lot of fun. Longest interception or fumble return does not have to be a touchdown. It, it can be. It's going to be great if we if someone's hopping into the uh, Salvation Army kettle, a la Justin Coleman again. But it doesn't have to be. So we had three dudes with the same pick here. So it was Eric, Nathan, and Brandon. Uh, let's go, Eric. You first this time. Longest INT or fumble recovery goes to Jamal Adams. This guy is locked in. He wants to prove that he lived up to the contract. I'm going to say it right here. I think he does this in week one because Ooh, I like that. Carson Wentz, it's an excellent opportunity for him to have one of these or two. Oh, I dig that a lot. All right, let's keep it within the uh, the Seahawks Nest podcast. Nathan, how about you? Why, Adams? I agree with Eric. I mean, he's just he's a dynamic playmaker, and he's going to get a lot of opportunities this year. So, as Eric said, it's, I think he's the favorite. I dig it. I dig it. Brandon, any other logic or just uh, because Adams is good? Yeah, he may not get the most interceptions or turnovers, but I think he'll have the most exciting one. And when I think of the most exciting... This is the category to put it in. I dig that. I'll, I'll go to mine real quick. I went Jordan Brooks, and because of that speed, this guy is all over the place. His instincts look amazing, and part part of instincts for me, or consequences of good instincts, probably probably better phrased, is that you're you're in positions to scoop up a ball. You're in position to get that deflection, and then he is a he's a pretty damn freak athlete. I think if he's got the chance to rumble, stumble, bumble for like you know 89 yards back to the house or 69 yards back to the house, nice. I think he will. All right, Adam, you had a you had a you got you got a you got a a, a baller here. Who's your guy? Oh, I went with Wagner, man. Like just and it was a history pick. How many times in the history of the Seahawks have we seen him around the ball when there's been a strip sack and he happens to pick up the ball and run it back to the the house? Um, I just that was that was the whole reason behind it. It was the history of it. I'm all for wags and uh, I'm going to be right on this one. I like that. No, nothing like seeing Wags kind of drop back and just kind of get lost. You know, a, a, a newbie quarterback loses Wags in the shuffle, and all of a sudden it's right between 54's numbers, and he's just taking it back to the house. I could go for one of those this year. I think we haven't seen one. I don't. I don't think we got one of those last year. So I think he's due. Adam, you also had a very very fun dark horse here. So why don't you lead us out for the last category, longest INT or fumble return? This one I think is all heart. I just think you want to see this one. Am I correct? I went with Puna. Yeah, that's right. Puna Ford. I could, I just love the vision in my head that I have of him scooping up the fumble after a strip sack and just rumbling, bumbling, stumbling all the way down the field, maybe stiff arming a 49er and putting him in the dirt and then like having the best touchdown dance that a big fat man can. Like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. So I went Puna. I like it. That's going to be a ton of fun if, if we can get that. Hey, here's a name that has not been brought up, not not once. We're in category Z, Z on the sheet, which somehow worked out. But Nathan, you got a name we, you know, we haven't heard in a long, long time. Who do you got? 
Oh, I like Ugo Amadi. Uh, I just think he moves. Well. I was trying to think of guys who would make good returns, you know, who are good returners. And uh, I like Ugo to, to maybe pick one off this year. Uh, he, he has a lot of different ways to get in the mix, you know, backing up free safety, backing up nickel corner, backing up all those guys. So, yeah. Dig it. Brandon and Eric, you had uh, the same dude. Brandon, take it away. Yeah, same thought process there. A guy who I think would be exciting with the football in his hands, and that's Marquise Blair, a guy who could deliver a big hit too, knock a, a ball loose for a fumble, then pick it up and take it to to the end zone for a touchdown. Very fun. And then Eric, how about you? Uh, Marquise Blair as well. Like Brandon, I was uh, really happy to see Marquise Blair focus better in the preseason. That was like the big takeaway is, he wasn't he wasn't so scattered. He wasn't everywhere. This was a guy who was, you know, focused. Uh, he picked up a scooped up a couple of balls. He had a touchdown. Uh, I just figure why not? He can do it again. He'll yeah, be in position again. as well. Man, he's he's probably the, the the guy I'm most excited to see play and hopefully play healthy this, this year, Eric. Man, I just I just I think the sky's the limit for this guy. So I I Although I took somebody else, man, if you guys win that category, I'll, I'll be I'll be quite happy because I think that'll be that'll be a, a a fun spark right there. I took Diggs, thought it was pretty chalky, but you're playing center field. He will get he will get a share of interceptions. And hey, you take you take one of those back, you get one of those, you know, you get some blocks downfield going the other way, and away we go. I'll take Puna for the for the for the block. You know, to to spring digs down the <laughs> sidelines for the uh, the longest INT, and I think mine's going to be a touchdown too, which which I dig. We did this we did this wild uh, concocted tiebreaker. We don't need to go into it too much right now, but the idea, well, the quickly the idea is you take you you basically take the facts of life on Russell Wilson here. You take the you know uh, yards you think he's going to throw for the year. You take the touchdowns you think he's going to total for the year, both rushing and passing. You put it all in a big bowl and you come up with a number and it's the price is right rules. So closest without going over, I think we could end this by saying 5,333, which I, I like the, uh, the numerology there, Brandon, you were the high man. So you, you were the high man on campus here with the highest and then the lowest Eric 4507. So the rest of us were kind of in the wash, Eric only 4507. What, what do you, what do you, with 17 games? What do you, what are you seeing? I am not in on Russell running. I just, I've watched in the past few years and this guy's running less and less. I would love to think that he's going to run more, that he's going to keep some, some options, but I just, until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. And because I want to prove that I know how to play the game, I saw that price is right rule. And I was like, all right, let's just make, make him have a, a good passing year like last year. But, I don't know if it's going to be as, you know, I feel like it's to be more consistent as opposed to high at the beginning and low at the second, second half of the year, take out those runs and win without going over. See, this is interesting. I also like Eric did not think of Russell Wilson running the football all that much. I just thought 5,000 passing yards and then 333 combined <laughs> touchdowns, rushing and throwing. And that's how I got to my number. I almost put one dollar because you said prices right rules, and I thought it'd be I thought it'd be funny to just put one dollar, but I no, I didn't. Do that. that would have been funny. That that or not penny. Both of those would have would have been very would have been very very funny, uh, and and amazing. And you know, Brandon, so you were the high with five five three three three. Eric, quickly, you don't see Russ running a lot. I mean, he ran for over five hundred year uh, five hundred yards last year. So. You know, so you're looking at him like really into that. You got to remember, though, he is getting older, although he looks a lot sleeker this year. He's not yeah. like, you know, muscle rust like he's been. But also, Ciara's <laughs> got to protect the Cadillac, man. She's not going to let him run that ball. 
I agree with the idea of him not running a ton. So I, when I was thinking about it, I was like, all right, he's probably going to throw for somewhere around 4,700 yards, maybe rush for like, 300 or so have 40 touchdown passes and, you know, have two rushing. So that's how I came up with 5,042. Uh, instead of pulling the $1 maneuver, like Eric, I actually tried to predict uh, what I thought it was going to be. Awesome. I like, and I'm kind of in the middle there as well. So I've got this little window because Adam, I think you went just above me and I'm a little bit below you. So I've got this little window of hope that that might, might squeak through, hopefully doesn't come down to the tiebreaker, but dudes, this was this was a lot of fun. We went through a lot of different categories. You went through 12 categories with the dark horses, 24 all together. And Hey, I think it'd be, we should definitely let people know since it is the crossover. The whole point here is there might be people that listen to the Seahawkers uh, podcast that don't listen to the Seahawks nest podcast or folks who check three and three out, out on field goals, but don't know Seahawkers yet or don't know Seahawks nest pod. So let's bring it all together here. So Nathan, why don't you tell the good people of earth, how the heck can they check you and Eric and Kevin out every single week? Cause I will say before I jump into this, my two favorite podcasts, Seahawks podcasts in the world are these two right here. This is why I wanted to bring this together. The Seahawks, the Seahawkers pod and the Seahawks nest, I think are the top two, my two favorite, the most consistently on point, the most consistently funny, and really just a, a great vibe that you guys put out. So for those that don't know you yet, Nathan, where can they check you out? Uh, yeah, you can go to anywhere you find podcasts and just search Seahawks Nest. Usually it's like the, the first one. And uh, also, if you want to support our show, you know, we have Patreon and stuff. But our website is, uh, how about, uh, let's do only12s.com. Go ahead and head yes. to only, only12s.com. That's our, that's our That's our website. Awesome. And, and Eric, there was a little bit of, of punt pornography in the last uh, last preseason game. So how'd you feel about that? Anytime we can get some sort of uh, barely legal punt action, uh, <laughs> a long 69-yard punt, we'll, we'll take it he, he from Mr. Dixon. Yes, he did. And and uh, and his his sleeve of tattoos came up on the last Seahawkers uh, pod and it was a great rundown. So uh, so, uh, Brandon, why don't you tell the good folks where, where of course, they could catch you? Yeah, Seahawkers podcast. Uh, people on here on the field goals feed hear me promoting it all the time, so they know where to find it. And uh, if you want to support the show, get in the flock dot com. You can support Adam and myself and uh, also you know, Clinton as well. Absolutely. All right, dudes. That was a ton of fun. And hey, man, we got we got Seahawks football in just a couple of days. So we'll check back in as as the as the year goes on. Maybe we'll do a halfway checkpoint just to see who's up at what point. And of course, end of year, we'll tally this all up. And I think we'll put the list out there. So we'll, I just throw the form out there. If some people want to put their their uh, their picks in, why not? Let's see. Let's see who you pick. And I hope uh, hope everybody had a, had a good time with this, man. So I right, dudes, I uh, well, I don't know how to win this thing. <laughs> no, no clue. Who, who's got an ending for me? Russell Carrick and Wilson's go-to phrase, go Hawks. Go, go Hawks. Hawks. Go Hawks. All right, dudes. Thanks. Thanks.